At the time, Canada taxed painted buildings, so farmers left their structures exposed to avoid the penalty. These things make quite an impression on a child. After a few years working as a lineman for a local utility, I decided to become the first member of my family to go to college. But I was stunned when the common-sense values I grew up with were militantly rejected by many on campus. It was during the Goldwater campaign that I learned of an elite who existed in government offices and college faculty lounges and who were hostile to the universal values of the American people. I could not believe that here in America, a group of people believed they were entitled to redistribute wealth to satisfy their notions of social justice, regulate others' lives, and understand my best interests better than I. Years later, when I was the chairman of the economics department at North Texas State University, now the University of North Texas, I sat through a faculty meeting in which a professor claimed part of our job was to teach students how to emote. I was stunned. I simply wanted to teach economics and did not see why feelings should be taught in my classroom. It was time for me to find another line of work. One beautiful Texas evening in 1984, I found myself watching C-SPAN, A procession of representatives were speaking from the House floor in opposition to the president's fiscal policies. Their arguments were dangerously incorrect. They would doom our country to a collectivist quagmire. I figured Ronald Reagan could use reinforcements, so I decided to take a sabbatical year and run for Congress. In what is still considered a huge upset, I defeated the incumbent and went to work in Washington. As time passed, each boom gave way to a bust. The iron triangle of entrenched politicians, bureaucrats, and the motivated network of special interests was temporarily slowed, but never defeated. It seems inevitable that as the state expands, freedom is eroded. Government growth continues, and each new effort to check its expansion faces a larger and larger challenge. I believe we are at a turning point in our nation's history, as the pendulum has swung far to the left. Trillion-dollar deficits, government control of health care, federal ownership of banks and auto companies, taxpayer-funded bailouts of irresponsible homeowners, and attempts to control energy consumption have combined to push a nation conceived in liberty and devoted to free markets to bankruptcy, down what F.A. Hayek called the road to serfdom. But I believe Americans are genetically opposed to big government. They won't accept it, and they have been joining with their fellow citizens in the streets to take America back. I believe this movement, the Tea Party movement, has the opportunity to break the boom-and-bust cycle and restore a constitutionally limited government and bring fiscal sanity to Washington. Republicans in the 1980s could not even dream of setting the legislative agenda. They had not been in a position of leadership since 1954 and had become complacent. Senior members of the party were satisfied if a Democratic chairman occasionally left them a few crumbs. Life was comfortable in the minority, as long as you did not rock the boat. No one was accused of partisanship because the majority always got its way. Members received their perks— such as travel abroad and special banking privileges, and base their political careers on parochial pork projects. Things began to change in the early 1990s when a rebellious group of small government backbenchers began a hostile takeover from within the Republican House caucus. 
We made life difficult for the establishment old bulls in the party because we thought they were too complacent. The Republican leadership was always having to apologize to the Democrats for us. We believed it was time to bring restraint to Congress, and we set a goal of retaking the House. Newt Gingrich and I believed we would be successful in the 1994 elections if we were able to prove to the American people that we had a national policy vision. My office set about to draft a contract based on policies that were important to the American people and were blocked by the Democrat majority. Newt thought we should focus on ten items. The contract with America, as it later came to be known, outlined our platform of limited government. The contract nationalized the vision of the Republican Party in a way that unified our base and appealed to independence. We championed national issues that were good for all Americans, not just special interests.